do, guys. It's the Connection Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Connection Podcast. We're in just under an hour. We're going to dive into the Bible and come full circle with God and His Word. Bam. All right, y'all. We are in a series. Before we get to that, I forgot again. I always forget to do this. Thank you for joining us if it's your first time. First time. Or if you've been with us for a while, thank you for continuing to support us and listen to us and share us and comment and like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, y'all, how are they wearing the same outfit on the, the third episode? Might be doing this in the same day. Maybe. Maybe. Magic. Magic. We should do that one time where it's like we just like all of a sudden clap, bring a change of clothes, and we just change. In the middle of the episode. Yeah. So that'd be funny. <laughs> Oh, that'd be a good illusion thing to do. <laughs> See if anybody notices. Next episode. Yeah, next episode. But now they. Kn- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm zoom in on that one. That's, oh, you set yourself up for that. <laughs> you guys don't know what we're talking about because you're listening on a pod. If you're on a podcast, go over to YouTube and check out our channel, uh, Connection Podcast, and you'll see all of our sh- shenanigans we're pulling here. We got the logo behind us. Look at that. Fancy. All right, guys. We are in a series called The Sixth Man. We are in the last episode of this, part five. And today we are talking about, we are paving the way for the greatest sixth man. For the greatest sixth man that ever lived. Sixth man. Num- sixth man. Well, six is the number of man in the this Bible. Is a weird so. one. Because a little bit. A little weird. Yeah, because they're. Yeah, two six men. Basically, six men. Sixth men. We have now gone into the sixth men. No, we're talking about John the Baptist and Jesus today. So this was appropriate for the very last episode of this series because where do you go from here? This is it, basically. So um, let's jump in. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. So this is a, a prophecy from Isaiah about John the Baptist and what he's going to be doing. So it says, a voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Right? And so then if we skip over to the book of John, in chapter 1, verses 29 to 34, it says this. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He probably said it with much more enthusiasm than I just did, but hey, we're going. We're, we're going. This is the one I meant when he said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Interesting. He passed me because he was before me. Ooh, that'll preach. Passed me because he was before me. Ooh. Because the beginning was the word. That's ooh. And the word was <laughs> God. <laughs> Verse thirty-one. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, and I myself did not know. Did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, "The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one, and remain is the one who I will baptize with the Holy." Sorry, <laughs> let me start over. <laughs> the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Mm. So really, this is actually including the Holy Spirit as another sick. Like another six man too, so add that little part in. All right, let's go into this. We're gonna try to just get this as punctual as we can for you guys. So John the Baptist, his preparation 
Back in Isaiah, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a, hi- a highway for our God. What's interesting when I hear people say this is that when they read Isaiah, it says like a voice of one calling. Or sorry, rather, they say a voice of one calling in the wilderness. They add the punctuation. If you go and look at Isaiah 40, chapter 40, verse 3, the punctuation is not a voice of one calling in the wilderness, comma. That's how we think. That's how I've heard it preached before. A voice of one calling in the wilderness because we knew John was out in the wilderness and he stayed out there and was crazy looking and wore, wore burlap and like ate honey and locust. Like, dude's insane, kind of. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> so... Um, but it says a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord make straight in the desert, a highway for our God. This is so very interesting because I mean, John is preparing the way for, for Jesus, right? We've talked about preparation before as like you're hidden and you know, you're preparing for what God has for you. But John actually shifts this and says, I'm actually preparing for someone else. I'm getting these people ready for, for someone else. That's my role in preparation. And how do we do that? In the wilderness, in the desert. That's the secret place. It's so crazy because he's saying the same thing we've been saying, where it's like, prepare yourself in the wilderness. He's saying, prepare yourself. And he's preparing the people, but he's, do, he's saying, in the wilderness, prepare. Make straight in the desert a highway. So if you think about that phrase where it's like, in the wilderness, that's where I'm preparing. Mm-hmm. In the wilderness, that, and where God takes me, that's where... Um, that's where he's doing the work in me to get something to come out of me. And if you think about make straight in the desert, a highway, how do you, okay, it's a desert. So you have to clear some stuff out. If you're going to make a road, if you have to make a straight path, you're going to move things out of the way and you're going to delineate the boundaries to which people walk on. So do do you guys understand that? Where it's like, John is saying here, like, I'm preparing people spiritually. Like I, this is my preparation is actually to prepare you all for what's coming because it's, this is definitely not about me, right? This like, we're just getting all this right now, but like legacy, John's like, this is definitely not about me. Like there is one coming as greater than me. And again, his responsibility, number two, is that the spiritual preparation of the people, uh, that's his responsibility. He's saying, y'all need to get yourselves right because he's coming. Like he's saying like, in the wilderness, like in your secret place, in that dark place where you are, prepare yourself, right? Get your, this is a heart thing. This is not a mind thing. This is God, or John saying, prepare your hearts. Get ready for him, right? Repent and be baptized. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Repentance comes first, and then that's when the discipleship comes. So it's like, it's, it's that really that spiritual, I guess, like preparation that John's talking about here. Okay. Any, do you guys want to add anything onto all this as we're going? John's a wild guy. Yes, he is. John is wild. It's a wild <laughs> dude, but he's awesome. Why is he awesome? Go ahead, bro. Go nope. Ahead. No, 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 uh, he was preparing in the wilderness, preparing, preparing people in the wilderness and just reflects on who Jesus really came for. And he even said to himself, like, I didn't come for the healthy or I came for the sick. Yeah. And the people in the wilderness are the people that are sick. You know, the people who are like outcasted and Lost. stuff. And that was that's where he, you know, himself, John was at. He wasn't in the city, 
preparing. He was in the in the wilderness preparing. That's just interesting to me. What were you gonna say? Why is John awesome? Cause okay, this is my opinion. I uh, you could we you could say both of them are the six men, like because Jesus technically is not in the game yet. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but John is that like six man that is like how do I say it? Is that is like he knows he's starting, but he knows that he's not gonna finish the game. Hmm. Hmm. And interesting. That's the thing that I I like about John the Baptist is because he's so he's so focused on what he's he's got to do to prepare the situation for the All Star to come in and finish. Yeah, the like the All Star, like put the so greatest of them together. And that's, that's why I love yeah. I love John because the preparation he has for what he knows he's called to do, his responsibility with holding yeah. that weight. And kind of like we'll get into it once we transition into the process of Jesus now becoming the the, yeah. the starter. Um, but like the process of that is so incredible to me because John is just like he again, he's I'll, I'll get into it in a sec. But he like quiets down his group, his his like posse. Ooh, why'd you poke me? <laughs> he like. <laughs> dang, bro. Close tell that. Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> he like he knows he like quiets down his like entourage or whatever you call it his like disciples because John had disciples too and he's just telling them like yo chill out like it ain't about me like I know you guys been following me but chill mm-hmm. like this ain't about me and so for me I look at John in this situation and this is kind of my biggest thing with all of this is that like it's that expression of like let go let God. That like yeah. you try, you're, you're doing all your best, but at the end of the day, you still know that like Jesus is the one that's going to come in and make those mountains move. It's just your faith, your obedience, your action that allows for that space to be created. Yeah. So it's not about you. Never is. And this is, I mean, this is really... I love what you said, Easy too, but like where John's like, I know I'm not going to finish the game because mm-hmm. we talked about before David was a really great example of one who knew that legacy was not about him. But even to the point where David was like, I want to build a temple. And God's like, no. But John the Baptist is like a first example where he's like, I know I'm not finishing this. So like, don't even think about me. Mm-hmm. Right. And Mar- he knew it's like he channeled his inner like Moses and his inner David like, or and his inner Saul and like <laughs> and his inner Elijah. It was just like, oh my goodness, I'm not gonna be able to see this fulfillment no. happen. But <sighs> the faith that I that he has for it to happen and then for him to step out of the game and just like head to the locker which, room. Which is crazy because it always happens with all the men, all the men who like Build something and then have their six men come in. And they just, never see it happen. Like yeah. Moses, uh, Elijah, um, Saul. Saul. I mean, th- even David. Even David. Think about it. Did John ever see a miracle that Jesus did? No, that's why Jesus told him. That's the craziest thing, right? Like John. <laughs> like John's purpose to to for all of this was to prepare people, and to prepare himself even. Like, and that's it. Like, yes, there's obviously greater things, but like his whole life, he's like growing up to be this person to prepare people, to be a preparer, 
if you yeah. can even say that. Like, what if God was like, hey, I just want to use you to prepare, prepare people? Ooh, that would hurt. That would sting me. I would feel, I would feel used. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm not going to do that. How would you feel, Oski, if, if God was like, I just want you to, to prepare people. You're not going to be in the spotlight. It's not going to be about you. You're just going to tell people that someone else is better than you is coming. And I think that would hurt me, too. If I'll be honest. <laughs> Stroke yeah. that ego, bro. Not me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, if it, if it wouldn't hurt you, that's fine. That's because you ain't getting called, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, bro. Cause I'm in the game already. Nah, it's because he's sitting on the bench. <laughs> he roasted. Wow. He roasted. <laughs> he's yelling, "Put me in! Put hey, me hey. in, coach! Put me in!" But remember, who has the greatest advantage of the game for, during it? The people from the and bench. Who did Jesus say was the greatest disciple of them all? The least. Or the no. Well, he also said John, his beloved, only killed. John the Baptist. Ah. Is that who he's talking about? Well, he had the most important. Yeah, like he said, none, no, no one greater, no one greater has been before John or whatever. Yeah. So read, read. (sighs) Did you already read Mark one? No, read it. it. Mark one, chapter one, verses seven to eight says this, and this was his message. Oh, after me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. Mm. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you. With the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Why'd you want me to read that? Just because? Because. Okay, here we go. Now we know. Now we know that his whole entire, that was his message. Literally, just yep. replay that. And this was his message. Replay that. Because that Come was on. his message. Now, I'm going to read this part because when I read this, I was my, my mind was blown. Where you at? I'm in John 3, okay. 20, verse 22. And I'm going to read it till I, I see fit. <clears throat> So this is titled, John Testifies Again About Jesus. Ooh, again, okay. So now mind you, Jesus was already baptized. Yep. We already talked about that. Jesus was already baptized, so this is after. And this is before John is beheaded. So after this, Jesus and his disciples went on to in, went, on, went out into the Judean countryside, where he spent some time with them and baptized. And now John also was baptizing at a- a- Anon? Near Salem, sure. Salim, <laughs> because there was plenty of water. Ooh. Remember that. Okay. There's plenty, plenty of water. Of water. And yeah. people were coming and being baptized. This was again before John was put in prison. Um, an argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain mm. Jew over um, and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi. The man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about. Look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this, John replied, a person can, only, a person can receive only what is given from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but sent ahead of him. The, bridge belong, the, the, bridge, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom... Um, who attends the bridegroom, waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. Mm. That joy is mine and it is now complete. He must, where am I, NIV? Uh, He must become greater uh, and I become less. Now let me read this part again. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was in the NIV. I love the way the NLT says it. You're good. 
Nah, bro. I'm sorry. No wonder why I was like, no wonder, bro. I was like, dang. Uh, right here it says, um, it is the bridegroom who marries the bride and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and he, mm. and hear his vows. Mm. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and I must become yeah. less and less. So to me, that okay. is... I see where you're going. <laughs> where am I going? Six minutes. So to, <laughs> so to me... Yeah, yeah. So that's that's I think that's why I think John is the ultimate six man. Because he he's a six man that started the game, but like he wasn't a six man if you really think about it. Right. He wasn't. He's got his own set of disciples, his own squad, mm. and then Jesus comes in Let's and is like game. coming in and wrecking everything, and then that's when he's just like, all right, cool. Like that's that's all right because I'm gonna get essentially injured and get taken out of the game and that's my call that's my life my life was not meant to finish the game i meant my job was to start it but what i love about john when he says the the bridegroom part is like it made me remind it reminded me of when you got married Hmm. that like i'm there because i'm happy of the love that you found and where it's going to be going in the future i'm not there because you're married and i'm jealous that i'm not you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So like that's the kind of attitude he has towards his ministry with Jesus. And so the funny part is to me is John is like, oh, uh, they're, they're all talking about. Um, now, the Bible is sneaky because <laughs> yes, in a good is. way, in a good way. Yes, it is. It's funny uh, because it tells you that there was plenty of water before the argument was even brought up. So to me, I'm thinking John was probably telling them too. It's probably not written in the Bible, but I like to just, you know, paint a picture. But I'm sure John was sitting there in the in the river. And he was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, does this river look empty to you? <laughs> Is are we running? Are we running dry of water?" Such an interesting detail to throw in that has so much meaning in it. Because it's like, okay, if there's so much water, then how come, let's say. Another few, uh, uh, how come the disciples of John are not starting to baptize other people? Mm. Like I was just sitting around doing nothing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like that is, is so cool to me that like the Bible throws that in there. But I'm sure John, again, I like to believe this is how I paint the picture in my head that John was like, he's like, oh, Jesus is over there uh, baptizing people. He probably threw his hands up and was like, are we out of water? <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah. There's people on the other side of this body of water that aren't, can't get to us, but he's getting them. So, like, why are we tripping? So, I love that, that he is the, the ultimate six man in setting people up. My biggest thing, going back to basketball, I know I'm talking a lot, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, this is oh. the, whole, it's the whole reason for the title of the series. My biggest thing yeah. is that, like, I view John the Baptist as Andre Iguodala and then Kevin Durant as Jesus. Now, I'm not saying... Kevin Durant's Jesus, right? Or that he's that good. I think Steph Curry's Jesus if we talking, but <laughs> um, just the fact that Kevin Durant came into a team that John was already playing for and mm. doing great at, and then, well, and I like I like too what it said in the in the verses you were reading where it's like John was content just to stand by him. Yeah, and that's like where we should be. Where it's like. <laughs> 
I'm just humbled by the fact that God is like standing next to me, let alone that he would choose me to be a pastor or to be a musician or to be a creative director or whatever it is. Like I'm honored that he even looked at me and said, you, I want you, Yeah. you know? And it's, it was so great that John, like the admiration John had from that, like when John was feeling bummed out when he was in prison or whatever, it wasn't because like, it wasn't because like, oh man, I should have, you know, I could have done this myself or whatever. It was more like he kind of was doubting a little and he was kind of like, dude, like I, I see greatness in you. Like I knew you're the one and like, I'm, I don't know what's going on. Why am I still here? You know, like you could, I want to see everything you're doing. Yeah, he was expecting so highly of Jesus, and then Jesus had to, like, basically tell him, like, yo, quit tripping. People people out here chilling. What do you think about all that? <laughs> oh, no, dude, I kind of spaced out. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> dude, my bad. My bad. Okay, so I know I was talking a lot. No, it's good. I'm going to help you on this, Oscar. I'm going to get you involved. So because we're going to transition into Jesus now. So Jesus' preparation, whoa, Jesus was Jesus. How could he, what did he have to go through to be prepared, right? Jesus' preparation is that God calls us into the wilderness. Yep. Okay. Well, how does that make sense? Well, Jesus was baptized by John, and then immediately the the Spirit, God sends him into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days. Hold up. You're telling me that this whole time we're talking about preparation, that God is actually sending, God is the one sending us into the wilderness God is sending us into that dark room. God is the one sending us to get prepared. And he's using those temptations that we're going through to actually build us up that he's using all. God knows that there's going to be something in that wilderness that we're tempted to do. There's going to be something in that wilderness that we don't feel adequate enough to do. And yet he still sends us there. Matthew three sixteen to 17 says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up. He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. And this is what's important with this verse and why I added it in is because God does not send you into the wilderness until he has said, you are my son. You are my daughter. I love you. I know what I'm doing. Like, trust me in this process because that's all God wants us to do with our lives is just trust him Mm -hmm. with everything that he's doing. He's in like... Ooh, a good save. So Jesus, or God rather, is, is confirming with Jesus, like, you're my son. I've called you to do this. Now go get prepared. Mm-hmm. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense to us because we're like, no, God, like, I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And God's like, you need to go back into the wilderness, David. You need to go back to the, the sheep where, you, where no one knows who you are. No one. And John, and John has alluded to this, right? Going back to what John the Baptist says about preparation. In the wilderness, prepare. In the wilderness, prepare, right? In the wilderness, prepare. When God, when you feel like you're in a wilderness, God is preparing you. When you feel like you're in a time where you are hidden and unseen, God is preparing you. So, Oski. <laughs> Share some life experience with us about prepare, being prepared in the wilderness. Yeah. Or, or maybe you still are. Ooh. Yeah, no, I should think I'm actually going through that right now. Um, it's kind of crazy because going into this year, one thing that I feel like God was telling me in December was um, that that uh, verse that says, uh, be still and know that I am God. Mm. And it's crazy that I just came up a couple of weeks ago in one of the, like, the prayer meetings that we're doing. Um, and it just reminded me, like, yo, like, this is a season where I do need to go out to the desert and spend time with God because I feel like he is doing something new in me. 
I don't know what that is yet. Like I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, with him. But I know right now with everything that's happening, he has given us the time, the, the gift of time, you know. But at least for me, I feel like I'm falling short because I'm not taking advantage of what he's given us. So with that, um, like I am in the desert season, but I do need to be intentional about this time, which I'm not going to lie. I kind of fell short in that right now. So mm. that's why this week I've kind of been taking a step back and really prioritizing, um, like spending time with him. And yeah, but it's crazy, dude. Like, I love it, though. Like, I know he's doing something new. I don't know what it is yet, but I know at the end of this is going to be great. I mean, he's building up an army during this time. We all know that the church is going to come out so like so strong out of this. But yeah, that's. You're telling me that God's telling you to rest, right? Yeah. And you're saying you felt you feel like you fell short. Yeah. Hold up. You're telling me that you feel like you're doing too much and you're falling short. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> right? I mean, like, yeah, like we always think that we have to be on our hustle and our grind. And when God's like, I just want you to rest and, and be shake. still, right? Yeah. I think that's so awesome that you're saying that because you're like, I'm actually not doing what God's called me to do to not do anything. Take a seat on the bench. <laughs> okay, easy. Here we go. Like, what do you, like, there is a time when God calls you to go sit on the bench and not do anything and observe and just be still and have a new advantage point, have a new perspective on things. That is key what you're saying. So kind of like John, he was preparing that whole time just to sit in jail. Just to sit, just to sit on the sidelines. He was frustrated. He was like, man, I prepared this whole time just to sit on the sidelines. And he got hit, beheaded. Dang, Jezebel is crazy. <laughs> Jezebel, man. I think the whole point of this is that if you are feeling like God has called you to rest, then rest. If you are feeling God has called you to do more, he's going to give you that power. He's going to give you that ability to do more and not even have to like break a sweat to do it. So. And it's hard for us to like sit there. Like and do what nothing. we're saying right now, what we're saying right now, like, oh, you know, we got to be like John and just take a seat on the bench. Come on, let's be real. That is not easy. Do we really like sitting on the bench? It's kind of hard. You're like, sitting there, you're just like, I want to go in the game. I want to go in the game. Like, I'm sure right now, like, you know, especially with what we've been through in the last, like, month or so, just like. Goodness gracious. The anxiousness of, like, trying to start something and you're just like, oh, my goodness, why isn't it like, working? <laughs> like, why isn't it starting now? But, like, I, I get it. Like, same here. Like, you know, like, I just lose a job recently and mm -hmm. then. Now it's like, what the heck are you trying to do, God? I'm trying to, like, get in the game, and I'm trying to grind it out. And I'm trying to, you know, make sure that I'm doing my part to, like, do good for the team and stuff. But then you just go ahead and throw this on me and, like, force me to sit out? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And it's like, man, what the heck? Like, just when I thought things were going <clears throat> great again, and then yeah, I got to sit back on the bench... When I'm thinking, oh, I'm doing a great job, coach is happy with me. And then he puts me on the bench and, he, and he'd be mad at me. He'd be like, you're shooting four main right. Or like, or he ain't spacing. Or the coach knows that's all you can handle at that moment. You're not physically that, that conditioned is, to go into that game right now. Yeah. It's just, I mean, again, this is so weird and just interesting how we, we've been talking about the same thing all the time where it's like, the preparation, right, when we've looked at all these different characters and stuff, Moses and uh, Joshua and David and or Saul and David and Elijah and Elisha, like it, it almost seems like the preparation time 
has always been like, I need to be doing, I need to be doing, I need to be doing what God has called me to do. And yes, we do. But like what John, again, what John is saying here is that you all just need to like rest. You all need to just take some time. Know when to get out of the way. Know when to do the right and, and hustle. Know when to put your game face on or whatever you want to say. Like know when to shift it into fifth gear, but also know when it's time to stop and refuel. Like it's both. And I love that. It's just kind of funny how this turned out where John the Baptist is like, I'm actually going to reverse all of this because when Jesus comes into the kingdom, everything gets flipped on its head. Yep. So, uh, all right. Jesus's responsibility. I mean, as Christians, we know this, right? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And that, that I mean, that's the gospel. Y'all, the the gospel does not get any more concise than that. God loved the world. He gave his son for us so that we can have uh, new life with him through the resurrection uh, and have eternal life beyond that, right? It's not just about getting saved. It's not just about what? I'm just thinking about how how Jesus, how how we're like hyping up John to be this awesome six man and then Jesus as well. Like, you mean to tell me you came only to die? Again, that kingdom perspective, everything flips. It's, it's like up to this point, we've been talking pretty much about the same thing. And now Jesus comes into this part of the conversation. And he's like, actually, flip it. <laughs> like, I came just for one singular purpose, and that was to die. Came to suffer and die. That's actually a really good point. I like that. Because John, he still had the perspective like other, most Jews had. Like, I think every Jew really had. Yeah. Like, Jesus is going to overthrow the the you know the romans and he's gonna shake him up he's gonna set me free from this gel and we're gonna be like riding on horses and (laughs) and he's like man you just out there and jesus like nah bro i'm dying too i'm dying too (laughs) but people are seeing people are walking people are getting healed so you know it's you're talking about like when jesus sends that message back to john in jail right which interesting if you guys read through john read that Jesus talks about all the things he's come to do. Cause John's like, Hey, should we look for somebody else? Like, are you the one we should be expecting? And Jesus sends back this reply. It's kind of savage Yeah, it is. because he says all these things, but he never, he says like, I've came, I've come to make the blind see, make the lame walk, set the captive or not. I'm sorry. He doesn't say to set the captives free. Oh yeah. Cause and then John would have been like, what about me? Yeah. <laughs> right. He's like, Hey, I'm over here. So it's, it's so interesting that, that like, it's seriously, a. <laughs> But it's, it's, it also does something for John too, because Jesus is like, you know, like I came here to do all these things, but for your situation, it's not that, (laughs) I mean, it's just such a weird thing that Jesus chose not to say, I came to set the captives free. Cause we read that in scripture elsewhere. Yeah. So Jesus is like, you set the captives free. Right. But Jesus, but in this one, it's, we can't get into it because it's a whole nother topic. But again, Jesus' responsibility is what you said. He's to die. The, the saving of humanity through the forgiveness of sins. It's the restoration, the resurrection of him. Um, it's, it's the whole point of the Bible. Why, why everything in the Bible, all that we've talked about has pointed to Jesus up to this point, who is our salvation and our redemption. Good. Even, and lastly, legacy, even Jesus knew this was not about him. He's like, this is for the people. Mm-hmm. And now... Jesus actually has a moment where he's like, actually, there's actually someone greater than me coming too. John 16 verse seven says, very truly, I tell you, 
It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And here's what he says later on in verse 13 through 14. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. I'm going to read that last part again. He, he will glorify me, the spirit, the Holy Spirit will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So even in Jesus talking with his disciples, he's like, y'all, like I have to die and I have to go because there's someone better than me coming up. And it's just like, but you're Jesus, like you're going to die for all of humanity. And yet here you are saying that someone better than you is coming. Like what? And Jesus said, you're going to do greater works than I. Y'all, we talked about this whole thing where it's like, if you go back and listen to the introduction to this series where it's, we talked about the six man, what I say? Hold up. Right? We said that the six man in our context is one who is not the first of his kind, but follows a line of great men before him, often fulfilling and doing greater works than the first. So, again, this is, this is why this is like the, the ultimate final episode because Jesus was like, it, like, all the stuff, all the mess ups have been forgiven. Like your sins are forgiven. You have new life in me. And even beyond me, there's something else coming. Because he knew that he was just one man, but through his spirit now that we all have as Christians, as we believe in Jesus and as we believe in God, now we have that same power. And so it's like, basically he's like, the Holy Spirit actually can be everywhere at once. I can't right now. And so now he's going to come and he's going to, uh, you know, fulfill in you and give you the power to do the same things I have done. So there's actually going to be greater works. And so now... Here we are, full circle. We are all the sixth man now when we have faith. Yes. We are all the sixth man. That's Every good. single one of us are the sixth man where we are, we, we are on the sidelines. Yeah. We, <laughs> we are the sixth man. And all of all, you know, we each have that preparation that God has to take us through. We each have that responsibility that God has called us to, that calling, that purpose. And then we each have to remember that this is not about us. That's a hard pill to swallow. Like, oh, uh, this is a great calling to be, you know, whatever it is that God's called you to do. But this is not about you. This is not about, it never has been and it never will be. This is about God and what David said. Hadush, Kadush Hashem. Keep the name of God holy. Hashem. Sorry, I got to pull this back up. Pull it. Yeah, pause. And there it is. Okay. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> look over there. Yeah, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> so again i just want to read this one more time because this is the gospel and this is all what we're getting at is that john 3 16 for god so loved the world that's each and every single one of you listening and watching that he gave his one and only son for you that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life that is what we are about like that is what christians as we are supposed to do what we are supposed to preach what we are supposed to live by and that's it that's it folks any last comments, thoughts? All good? All right. Well, everyone, that was the sixth man. That was... First series, baby. The first yeah. series. The sixth man. So...
Well, again, before we end, we're going to offer that prayer of salvation <laughs> for anybody who wants to offer their lives to Christ and dedicate themselves to God and say, you know what? I want to have Jesus as my salvation, as my Lord and Savior. I choose today that I'm going to, I'm going to follow him because he died for me. So Amen. I'm going to say this. Everyone else can repeat. repeat. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I believe, I believe that, Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Son of God and the Savior of the world. The of the world. I, believe he came for me, I believe he came for me, died for me, died for me and rose again, and rose again just, for me. just for me. Today is my new beginning. Today, is my new beginning. Today, I, choose Today I choose to follow you, to follow you. in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Hey, if you guys just made that decision for the first time, we are celebrating with you because you have made the best decision of your life. This is a new beginning, a new start, and we are so glad to have you part of the family now, and we want to hear from you. <laughs> We're going to walk through this. Y'all, <laughs> what did y'all hear you? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> Finger gun. Pew, 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 pew. No, we do want to hear from you guys because uh, we're going to do this together. Uh, this is uh, the walk is supposed to be done together. The walk of faith, our journey through life is supposed to be in community. So we want to hear from you. Send us an email connection.podcast3 at gmail.com. Or hit us up in those DMs on Instagram, on the stories, in the chats, whatever it. you want to do. Comment, like, subscribe, share all us, tag us. Again, again, guys, we just thank you for all the support. Um, Y'all, if you made that decision, I'll send you a Bible. I'll send you a fancy Bible, whatever. Where's the Bible at? That. <laughs> 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 if someone asks for a Bible and you send, send them the, the link. I mean, you got all the versions in one. Like, hey, seriously, if you guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's good. That's good, bro. That's, that's really good. good. <laughs> Download the Bible. Uh, that's funny. No. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this series. If you guys just tuned in for the first time, you definitely want to go back now and listen to the introduction, the overview, and then go listen to every single episode and see where we got with all of this because it was it was a fun journey. So, uh, yeah. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. <laughs> Are we finishing? Am I supposed to yeah, say my no, thing? Yeah, no, sorry, sorry. I'm just, yeah. I'm sad, man. This is even the series. Like, you know, get it. On to the next. I'm sad. I'm, re I'm reflecting. No. Like, I I could just hear the music playing right now in post. <laughs> and we're and we're, just we're getting like, towards the end of the song. And we're just like, man, what the heck? Or this is over. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right, guys. We hope you have a fantastic week. We love you all. Peace out. Peace out.